You know, the one thing is with this COVID-19 pandemic, it's really taught us that being prepared in advance of a crisis is, is so important. And so the, the planning with your basic estate planning documents, as well as the asset protection trust, um, will really give you peace of mind if you find that you have a detour in life and you or your spouse need long-term care services. So in this next section, uh, we're going to talk about ways to pay for care as well as the Medicaid rules, which can seem very complicated. I'm going to give you some examples of uh, how we can help a married couple as well as how we can help uh, a single or widowed individual. So the first thing for us to really understand is what is the five-year look back? So when you apply for Medicaid benefits for nursing home care or a waiver program, um, you will have to provide the Medicaid office with five years worth of financial statements and a caseworker will go over those statements and if they find that you've made any gifts in excess of $500 in a calendar month, then they will uh, issue what's called a penalty period. Uh, and that penalty period is a period of time that Medicaid will not pay for your care. So the example that we have for you here today is that if you were to transfer property and that property was worth $100,000 and you need skilled care within five years, you apply for Medicaid and the Medicaid office will then deny your application for 9.3 months. So that's a really big deal because you're gonna have a $100,000 nursing home bill that somebody has to pay. And at that point you may be out of money um, and so they're gonna seek out and, and look for your family members to cover that. So there are different ways to pay for long-term care. One way is out of pocket. That's not a very viable long-term option unless you have millions of dollars. Um, the average person lives in a nursing home for a little over three years, um, but I've known many clients over the years that have been in nursing homes for eight to 10 years. So you know that, that really could be a million dollars that you would need to uh, pay out of pocket. Another avenue is long-term care insurance. And like asset protection planning that we talked about, long-term care insurance is something you need to do in advance of the crisis because long-term care insurance, you must meet underwriting qualifications and um, you would not be eligible to get that if you needed care today. So we do not actually um, provide long-term care insurance at our law firm, but we do work with many licensed professionals who could help you with that. Another avenue I'll talk about a little bit more details, veterans benefits, Medicare, and Medicaid benefits. So we have to first understand what is the cost of care, and many of you know that Nursing homes are well over $10,000 a month in Pennsylvania. So if we total that for the year, it's, it's a little bit more than $128,000. And that covers your room and board, but it does not cover supplies, medications, or anything else that you might need. So the care could really be over $128,000. So again, without proper planning in advance, you really could run out of money very quickly. So I mentioned veterans benefits is one way to pay for care. And there are two basic pensions with the VA. The first one is a service connected pension. That's really where a veteran has become 
uh, injured during their service time and to receive a compensation for that. What we often help people with is a non-service connected pension. And that is a pension where the VA will give a veteran um, and their spouse or a widow of a veteran a pension because they need aid and attendance benefits. That means let's say you're at home and you need somebody to assist you with your daily activities um, and you don't really need skilled nursing care, you just need a little bit of help. Well, the VA pension can be really beneficial uh, because the pension rates are anywhere from $900 to a little over 2000. So we don't really see that we use this for nursing home care because it doesn't cover the $10,000 nursing home bill, but it's really beneficial for people who need some in-home care as well as a personal care home or assisted living. Um, but the VA, like Medicaid, does have some uh, asset um, thresholds that you have to meet and it's currently $129,000. And the VA also has a look back period and that is three years. So it works a little bit different than the Medicaid look back period. Um, and we'd be happy to talk with people about specifics on that. All right, and then the next um, way to pay for care just for a short period of time would be Medicare benefits. So Medicare is a federal health insurance program that insures individuals who are over 65 or under 65 who meet social security disability criteria. Now, if you are under 65, you have to be un, um, considered disabled for 24 months before your Medicare benefits would begin. Um, and Medicare is also available immediately for individuals who uh, have end-stage renal disease or diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. All right, so if Medicare um, is going to pay for care, there are some requirements to this. And the first is that you have to be admitted to a hospital for at least three consecutive days. Um, and we're finding that it's more difficult to actually meet this three-day criteria because most hospitals um, are actually putting people in for observation rather than admitting them. So if you or a loved one are admitted into a hospital and you expect to use your Medicare benefit to pay for skilled nursing care, just make sure that you were actually admitted. Um, and even if you have a room, that doesn't mean you're admitted. So you need to make sure that um, all the paperwork is in line for you. So if Medicare does pay for your care in a skilled nursing home, the maximum amount of days will be 100. The first 20 days of your rehab will be paid in full with no questions asked. Um, but day 21 through 100, you are going to be required to pay a copay of $167, $176 a day. Now, if you have a Medicare supplement policy, that will cover the co-pays, so you won't have to worry about that. But any point from day 21 through 100, you have to continue to meet the Medicare qualifications. And if you plateau at all during your therapy and you no longer are improving, Medicare benefits will end. Uh, now keep in mind that you can always appeal that decision and we always recommend that you do appeal it because it might buy you a couple extra days. But once Medicare benefits end or you reach your 100 days, 
you become private pay. And that really leads into our discussion about Medicaid. Um, and if you have done the, the planning in advance of needing Medicaid, you've made it through the five years, um, you'll be in good shape. But if you have not done that, there are still ways for us to help you. And I'll go through some examples uh, of how we can do that. But Medicaid is a state and federally funded program, and it works different state to state. So what's true in Pennsylvania will not be true in other states. Um, it is managed through the Medicaid office, and they're known as the Pennsylvania Department of Human Services. And most people that are in long-term care uh, settings do eventually qualify for Medicaid. And we often get questions from our clients of, well, I get the same level of care if I'm Medicaid versus private pay? And the answer to that is yes. The staff out on the floor um, are not informed about who's private pay versus who's on Medicaid benefits. Um, but it could limit you on what nursing home you go to. So um, all of the nursing homes that we have in Lycoming County do accept Medicaid benefits. Um, but there are some counties that uh, have nursing homes that are private pay only. So it is something that you would want to be aware of in advance. So what Medicaid pays for, um, they do not pay for personal care homes known as assisted living. Um, they do not pay for senior living facilities, so that would be an independent living environment. And they don't pay for in-home care if you do not qualify for skilled nursing care. Um, so if you just need it a couple hours a day or a week, they do not pay for that. What Medicaid will pay for is nursing home care. Um, there's also a program called the waiver program that's an alternative to nursing home care where services can be delivered at home. They'll pay for that. And then there are life programs, um, which is a comprehensive medical uh, program. And um, we have one in Lycoming County. There are certain counties that do not have them, but those are also Medicaid programs. All right. So in order to qualify for Medicaid, an applicant must meet certain income and asset qualifications. And they break this up into two categories, countable resources versus non-countable resources. And under the countable resources, it's basically anything that you have access to, checking, savings, money markets, CDs, savings bonds, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, life insurance that has a cash value, any cash that you have on hand, any property that's not your primary residence, most annuities, as long as they're accessible, uh, your retirement accounts, but not of the spouse. Um, I'll talk about that. Uh, if you have vehicles, they are countable with the exception of one of your highest valued motor vehicle. And any trust accounts that you have access to. So that would be a revocable trust, but not an irrevocable trust. The non-countable resource category is much smaller. Um, your primary residence is not countable when we're applying for benefits. But like Brittany said, you do want to do some planning because your property could be subject to an estate recovery lien after you pass away based on what Medicaid pays for care. 
Um, the other thing that would be non-countable would be some jointly held properties or properties that are uh, income producing that are essential to self-support. That would be like rental properties. Um, but again, they would be subject to an estate recovery lien. Uh, your highest valued motor vehicles exempt and your spouse's retirement account. So if you're married and your spouse has a retirement account, it's $500,000, it's not part of the countable assets. So that's a real benefit in Pennsylvania. And it's my understanding that not all states follow that rule. So we're pretty lucky to have that. And then irrevocable trusts would not be countable. So if you do not have access to them, they're, they're exempt. And then uh, to continue on, the household belongings you have, they don't count those. They don't have us provide an inventory of anything. Irrevocable burial accounts, cemetery plots, any term life insurance that does not have a cash value. And then if you had life insurance policies that had a face value of less than 1500, the cash value would also be exempt. All right, so then what do they do once um, they take a look at all of that? If you're married, there are spousal protection laws. And really the goal of the spousal protection laws are to um, help so that your spouse does not become impoverished because you need long-term care. So we'll give you um, some examples of how this works, but before we do that, I just wanna explain that under the spousal protection laws, the maximum that a spouse can keep would be one half of the countable assets and the maximum for that in our uh, in, in 2020 is 128,640, 128,640. Plus they can keep their retirement regardless of that amount. And the minimum that a spouse living in the community can keep is 25,728. Now the applicant, um, whether you're married or single, they can only keep $8,000 or $2,400 in assets, depending on their income. So we have an example for you of what this looks like for a married couple. And if we had a married couple and they had $200,000 in countable assets, the uh, community spouse would be able to keep automatically $100,000 and the applicant could keep $8,000. But before Medicaid would pay for care, you would have to spend down $92,000. Um, so that can be pretty devastating for people if you know, $200,000 is all they have to have to you know, get that, that decision from the Medicaid office that they have to spend that down. So what we try to do in that situation is help them figure out a plan to spend it down as quick as possible so that they can really keep that money for things that they need. So in this example, um, we have them purchase irrevocable burial accounts for the, their self and their spouse. So that would take $20,000. They could also use $20,000 to trade in their vehicle to buy a new vehicle. They could make some home improvements. We have $20,000 allocated for that. And then there's still $32,000 left of that 92,000. And one of the ways that we often help people is through the purchase of a financial product called a Medicaid compliant annuity. 
And under the Medicaid rules, you're allowed to use the spend down to purchase an annuity as long as it meets certain criteria. So again, we don't sell those financial products here, but we can help you um, get in touch with somebody who does that and we would help you with all the calculations. But the benefit of that is that the spouse keeps that $32,000 in the form of monthly income that they could use to, to pay for anything that they need and it's not subject to Medicaid. And you could actually have done that with the full $92,000 if they had wanted to do that. So oftentimes people will do that. So once the spend down is met, now you qualify for Medicaid and Medicaid will then separate uh, the spouses out and they no longer will look at the spouse's resources or income. So in that example that I just gave, if that spouse had used the full 92,000 to buy an annuity and they got all that money back, Medicaid's not looking at their resources anymore. So the applicant in the nursing home qualifies for Medicaid and then the spouse living at home is really protected $192,000. Okay, so what happens if you're not married? If you're not married, there are actually no protections for you. So you really would have to spend down all of your resources. But let's say you did have a power of attorney that allowed your agent to make unlimited gifts, as Brittany talked about earlier, then you really could engage our services to help you calculate a plan to protect some assets. So I have an example here where we have um, a single female and she's in the nursing home and her uh, cost per month is $9,000. Her income is $2,000 a month, so she's got a shortfall of about $7,000 a month. She has $200,000 in assets, and so we can show you how we could help you protect a good portion of those assets. So what we would do is we would have her transfer uh, or her agent $113,000 to a trust. Now Medicaid will issue a penalty period because that gift is being made within the five-year look back and they will deny her benefits for about 10 and a half months. The penalty doesn't begin until all of her money is gone. So we take the other $84,000 and we use it to purchase that Medicaid compliant annuity that will pay for her care for the duration of the penalty period. So during the penalty period, she has her income and she has the annuity income and that's paying the nursing home. So she gets through the penalty period and she's paid $84,000 for her care, but she's protected $113,000. So once the penalty expires, then Medicaid issues a notice saying that she is eligible for Medicaid. And that $113,000 would be sitting in that trust in case she needs anything during her life, um, or if she doesn't use it, then it would go to her beneficiaries, okay? So there still are things that we can do, even if you need nursing home care, but you really don't wanna leave your planning to luck um, because if you don't have a plan, as we say, the state has a plan for you, um, but always keep in mind that we're here to help you and guide you along the way. So don't hesitate to call us if, if you have questions about that. 
When you do work with our law firm, you would work with a team of attorneys, uh, certified Medicaid planners, support staff, and we're all very knowledgeable about the legal planning, asset protection, benefits planning, and the community resources that are out there to help you. Um, and one of the things we pride ourselves on is that we're not a cookie cutter law firm. We really provide individualized planning because everybody who walks through the door has a different set of goals and circumstances and family dynamics. And so we really want to make sure that, um, you know, we, we individualize that plan for you. And you get really great quality documents. And most important, you get peace of mind. Um, so you know that your, your planning has been done in advance. 